This is the Navigating Adult ADHD podcast, here to help you navigate and thrive with ADHD in adulthood. I'm your host, Zena, and I was diagnosed at age 36. As with many ADHDers, I have a rebellious and non-conformist style. And that means that there will likely be swearing in the coming episode. Please be mindful of any little people. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Navigating Adult ADHD podcast, where today we're going to be talking about ADHD and friendships. So making and keeping friends can be pretty hard for people with ADHD. So we're going to talk about why that is and also what we can do about it. Now, before I dive into that today, I just want to ask you all one small favor. If you are loving the podcast and thank you to those of you who have reached out to say you are, I really appreciate you all. My big ask of you all is that you would leave us a five-star review so that we can help more people with ADHD to get support and access to these tools that we're, that I'm offering here. Uh, So yeah, if you could leave a five-star review, I would be hugely grateful of you all and also share it with anyone you know who has or might have ADHD. Thank you so much. Okay, so one other little thing is if the sound quality in this episode today, number 23, sounds any different, that is because I have finally got one of those furry things that go over the mic. I don't know what the technical term is, but we have a furry thing on the mic and maybe we're sounding a little more official. Who knows? (laughs) I thought I'd just mention that. Okay, so when it comes to friendships, I wanted to share a few things that come to mind for me from experiences that I have had. So I remember as a child, maybe around age kind of eight to ten-ish, having no one to play with during playtimes and lunchtime and not understanding what I'd done wrong because previously I did have people that I was playing with but I had been deliberately excluded from you know playing with the the playmates that I would usually play with and I always I I remember wondering what did I do wrong why am I not included and I just remember hating having the bell ring and then spending that time by yourself either hiding or wandering around aimlessly and just feeling awful inside feeling like a real outsider and I think that this is a common experience for many people with ADHD is at times in their life feeling like that outsider I also remember going through phases of attaching myself to people that felt safe. I remember specific people throughout my childhood into my teenage years, even as an adult, where I would make friends with someone that I saw as either another outsider or kind of the underdog type. So I would go in and kind of, you know, see somebody on the outskirts and and attach myself to them. Now, another thing which I am going to reference a couple of times throughout this podcast today is a few years back now, I think in 2021, I ran a friend experiment. So I just, I, uh, what's the word I want? I, I can't even think of the word, it starts with a G. 
I declared, there we go, I declared very publicly on social media that I was going to run a friend experiment because making friends as an adult was really hard and I wanted to make some new friends. And I shared this on my Facebook and my Instagram at the time. And I was blown away by the amount of people who either commented, shared the post or messaged me privately or spoke to me privately to say how much they too were struggling with making friends and how hard it was. Now that is not just people with ADHD, that was mainly women of a similar kind of age group and I would say I would say that ranged from 30s through to sort of 50s and on. So many women saying this is hard and I want to make friends as well. Now I say that to let you know that there actually is a world of people out there who want to make more friends and are not necessarily talking about it or advertising it in such a public way like I did. Okay, so let's dive into some of the reasons why friendships can be challenging for those of us with ADHD. One of mine, which you may relate to as well, is that we can be very out of sight, out of mind. If it is not in front of us, if we do not see it, we do not think about it. Okay, so we can be very literally out of sight, out of mind. And I know for me that is the case with many friendships and also with uh, many family members as well. If I don't hear from them, if I don't see something pop up on social media, perhaps an email come through, I do not think to ask them how they are, reach out to them, arrange a catch up or a phone call or anything like that. Okay, so we can be very out of sight, out of mind. Some of the other reasons why it can be challenging for us is the anxiety that is often common for people with ADHD. So depression and anxiety are as we've said before on this podcast, very common for ADHD is, and with that anxiety can, can often come the social anxiety. And if that is the case, then often we will avoid situations where we potentially could meet new people or even socialize with our current group of friends because we are afraid of that feeling that we sometimes experience, that social anxiety that we experience when we're in certain settings. Okay. Another one here is oversharing. ADHDers sometimes are oversharers and sometimes that isn't always uh, well received, shall we say, by new people or even sometimes by current friends. As we are often highly empathetic, so we feel deeply and we are highly sensitive humans, We also often share our own stories to relate. So many years ago, I remember I was in a program run by another coach and it was a business program. And one of the the girls who was in there with me had just lost her dad and her dad had unfortunately passed away from COVID. This was during the pandemic. And 
I remember the coach at the time who has since been diagnosed with ADHD. She was coaching this woman on the passing of her dad and, you know, how she was struggling and grieving and all of that. And one of the things that she did was she shared her own story of losing her father. Now, he had not passed from COVID and he had passed a long time ago under very different circumstances. And there were some people in the group at the time who did not like that she made it about her. Now, that can be one of the ways that our, our, our choosing to relate and share our own similar stories to people can be perceived. They can sometimes make that mean that we're making it about us and, you know, hijacking or, or stealing the spotlight or, you know, taking, the, taking it away from them. Now, that isn't the case. We do this as a way to relate, to empathize and to demonstrate to people we understand and we get it and, and we're here for you. However, I share this with you because sometimes that is misunderstood. It is one of the ways that people can misunderstand us. So some of the other reasons why friendship can be challenging is because of any trauma we ex have experienced around friendships, especially in our childhood years and as teenagers, or any negative memories that we have in relation to making friends, having friends, whether that be you know, people gossiping or talking behind your back or backstabbing you. These are all sort of terms that I associate with being a teenage girl, for example, and some of the difficulties around making friends. But what can often happen is that we then develop an association to making friends and the difficulty that it can take. And that is something that we carry through into our adulthood and something that I definitely found in myself when I went to launch and, and do this friend experiment was that I had a real strong association to friendships being hard, especially when it comes to making new friends. I thought it was hard and it would require a lot of effort. And when we have that kind of association to it, those of us with ADHD, we don't like hard, effortful things. We avoid it. <laughs> Our ADHD brains go, nah, I'm going to go do something else that's going to produce dopamine and, you know, feel wonderful and awesome and, you know, all of that. So if we have a negative or difficult association in some way, maybe some form of trauma or, or bad memories, then often we may not even be consciously aware that we have that association to it and therefore we avoid it or don't prioritize it because of the uh, feelings that we then experience around friendships. Okay, hope that makes sense. Another one here is why it can be challenging is because of the masking, especially for us women. So, so much of the masking I did, and many women do, is people pleasing. We say yes when really we want to say no. <laughs> but, you know, we people please. We prioritize other people's above, above ourselves. We fall into the trap of trying to get everything perfect to, to mask or hide the, the fact that we have ADHD or we are different. We try to act like everyone else. We try to mimic them so that we don't stand out and we become so super focused on fitting in. So 
Although that often serves a purpose and we do that almost as a survival instinct to, to that, that masking that is, when it comes to friendships, what that can often mean is we aren't necessarily showing up authentically in our friendships because we have been masking and hiding so many different parts of ourselves. And then when they come through the surface, it can be shocking or surprising or, or odd to our friends and that can cause issues. Okay, even just not being authentic ourselves can sometimes make for some inauthentic friendships, of course. Another one here is missing social cues. So one of my best friends, she has ADHD and also diagnosed as an adult. She was diagnosed, I think, a couple of years before me. She always forgets my birthday. Always. Sometimes I probably forget hers. (laughs) But also we don't text each other back. We forget sometimes for months at a time and then we'll send a little gif. Usually it's that gif from the Hangover movie that says, did you die? (laughs) We're going to have a laugh about that back and forth. But my point in, in sharing that is that there are certain social cues that are what's the word I want I'm going to say associated again but are are linked to friendship so you should there's a lot of shoulds in these you should remember birthdays you should text back you should get in touch if that person is going through a difficult time or ask them how an event went you know there are certain things that are expectations tied up in friendship and for those of us with ADHD, we often miss those social cues because our brains are elsewhere doing other things. Now, I love that my bestie forgets my birthday because <laughs> for me, it's like, woohoo, I've got a jail, get out of jail free card. So when I forget something big in her life, no big deal. Like it's, it's totally okay. In fact, one of the things I'm going to recommend later on is that you make some ADHD friends because often we get it. We totally get it. We're more forgiving and understanding and we don't have the same expectations of what friendship should be like or look like. So again, one of the reasons why friendship can be challenging is because we miss some of those social cues and then we are perceived as, you know, being rude or uncaring by people and that can have obviously a negative uh, impact on our friendships. And expectations for friendships is a big thing we all have an idea of what friendship should look like and one that I have been challenging recently is that friendship should be give and take and that it should be even I remember seeing a while back now it was something from Brene Brown it was a a little video on TikTok or Instagram or something and she was talking about her relationship with her husband how she'll come home and she'll say to him hey I've got 80% today what have you got and he'll be like I've got 10 okay great or she'll come home and say look I've only got 20% what have you got and he'll be like I got 20 as well and and what they're saying is like They're each responsible for bringing 100% to the relationship, but sometimes you don't have that because you've had a tough day or you've had a mentally draining day or you've had a really, you know, you know, challenging situation that's still weighing heavily on your mind. Or maybe you had a shit night's sleep and you're tired. And so they come in the door and they communicate to each other where they're at. And 
if she's got 80% and he's got 10, then maybe she can pick up some of the slack for that evening and help take some of the things off his plate or just be more considerate of the fact that he's not on his game and vice versa, right? Goes both ways. Now, I love this because it challenges the assumption and the um, idea and kind of expectation often tied to relationships in general, friendships and romantic relationships, that it should be 50-50, that it should be give and take. And I think that that's complete bullshit, right? We're each 100% responsible for ourselves. However, sometimes we have more to give than other times. And sometimes that might mean that the other person can can help support that or we just need to be mindful of each other in that you know what we're both kind of struggling right now and we'll just allow each other a little bit of grace and compassion okay so I I really yeah I want you guys to consider that and if I can find the clip I will (laughs) hey I've got ADHD let's be honest I probably won't remember I will link to it in the show notes otherwise search Brene Brown and um, relationships and you you may be able to find it it was very short and I basically just gave you the gist of it but excellent. So all of that to say that there are a lot of expectations around what friendships should look like. We all have them, right? And that we we should remember birthdays or specific events and we should reach out when they're in a difficult spot or when they've, you know, had a holiday, we should ask how it was. And those of us with ADHD, we often forget those things. We often, you know, have our brain going in a million different directions and we don't always respond in the way that tick the box boxes of the air quotes expectations that many people have for friendships and when I say many people that's often us as well we have expectations of friendships as well which is all also worth exploring and what your expectations of friendship are okay Now, I want to share with you what a couple of the ADHD experts have said when it comes to friendship. I did quite a bit of research for this and I actually struggled to find, um, I struggled to find much that I felt was particularly useful in an applicable way. (laughs) Man, that sounded wordy. All right, let me tell you what Ned Hallowell, the author of ADHD 2.0, had to say about friendships. And that is a book I highly recommend, by the way. So he says, people with ADHD can have more difficulty than others making and holding on to friends. That's because we have to struggle to create the structures and observe the protocols that friendship depends upon. Being on time and being at the right place to meet, remembering names, remembering people's stories, not putting your foot in your mouth, listening without interrupting, not getting too close too quickly, being able to tolerate frustration. And that all makes learning how to make friends as an adult even more challenging. I love the way he said it because it's very similar to all of the things that I had said. However, much more succinct. (laughs) So that's Ned Hallowell, ADHD 2.0. Now I'm going to share with you something that Russell Barkley talks about because he addresses a very important point. So the executive function called emotional regulation causes a lot of trouble for adults with ADHD. Adults with ADHD report that problems with managing anger, frustration and hostility when provoked are just as common as their other symptoms and lead 
to lots of social conflict. Part of what society considers adulting consists of controlling your temper, dealing quietly with frustration, shrugging off minor slights, managing your impatience while waiting and shielding others from your moods. So it's hardly surprising that many people will not tolerate emotional outbursts and will often end relationships because of them. So again, that comes from Russell Barkley, who is the author of Taking Charge of Adult ADHD, another really good resource for ADHDers. And what he is bringing to the forefront there is our emotional regulation, which is one of the executive functions that we can have challenges with. I know for myself, I have had two, no, make that three very good friendships uh, end. This is in adulthood from my, I would say, early 20s right through to the age I am now at 37. I have had three of my closest friendships end. And I would say on self-reflection that much of that was because of my inability to control and regulate my emotions in a, air quotes, socially appropriate way. Or to know what was happening enough to be able to take responsibility for it and have a discussion about it. Now I'm in a very different place and I think uh, if those similar situations were to arise again, it would be very different. However, if you can relate to having close friendships end it would be worth thinking back to see is it in relation to your emotions and perhaps challenges with managing anger being frustrated you know um, having emotional outbursts or, or moodiness or any of those things is that potentially why and so if that is something that you specifically struggle with, then working on your emotions and tools to manage and regulate emotions would be a very handy skill to, uh, what's the word I want? Man, I'm forgetting my words today. A very handy skill to, let's just go with get. <laughs> oh dear, my words have escaped me today. All right, so I want to keep things moving. So after all of that, if you're thinking, ah, shit, well, why would anyone want to be friends with those of us with ADHD, I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> but before I do, I did want to share with you that I can confirm some of my closest friends and longest friendships, and thankfully I do have a few, <laughs> they have been with and are rather with women who have ADHD. Many of those also late diagnosed like myself. And I think that that's most likely because we get each other and we don't hold each other to societal expectations or perhaps neurotypical friendship expectations we are much more lenient and understanding and kind of get each other so again having ADHD friends is kind of cool I highly encourage it I'm going to talk about how to do that in a moment but before we do I want to talk about some of the reasons why those of us with ADHD are actually really good friends to have so we deeply love our people we feel our emotions more okay we've talked about how we are highly sensitive and we feel more that means we deeply love our people and 
we may not and we often don't show it in the typical ways that are associated with a good friend or how a good friendship should look but that doesn't mean that we don't care in fact we oftentimes perhaps care more than others we also are very empathetic and therefore very compassionate friends to have we are often very understanding of differences between you know between people and differences that people are experiencing in their lives because we are different and whether or not we have tried to hide that or you know are only just learning that about ourselves now it usually makes us very understanding and considerate of other people's differences when they are going through challenges or struggles or sharing something about themselves which makes us much less judgmental because of our own life you know challenges and as I said before we're often able to relate and empathize we have a strong relater quality and also we feel for and with you as I said highly sensitive and we often feel your pain but we also share in your joy excuse me at a really deep level we are often spontaneous we can be super fun and up for some random adventures also our hyper focus comes in super handy (laughs) right sometimes we teach our friends the most random fun crazy things and we go on hyper focus adventures and journeys together we also love trying new things we often have a multitude of hobbies meaning that we're likely to try random things with you or be able to you know share our current hobbies or multitude of hobbies over the years with you too okay so there are plenty of reasons why those of us with ADHD are actually great friends now I want to share with you four things to keep in mind when actively working to make new friends and after that I'm going to talk about some of the ways that you can go about making new friends. So four things to keep in mind. Number one, RSD. We've talked about it before on the podcast. It stands for Rejection Sensitivity Dysphoria. If you are in a position where you are meeting new people and looking at making new friends, you may be afraid of being rejected or criticized. Okay, those of us with ADHD often experience RSD or a fear of possibly being rejected or criticized. So I want to offer you a couple of questions if this is you. If you're in a situation where you think that you may have been rejected or criticized, ask yourself the question, what am I making this mean? And what else could it mean? So say, for example, you were at an event and somebody you sat next to, they got up and moved to the other side of the table. You might be making that mean they don't want to sit next to you and they don't want to get to know you. Okay, you might be taking it very personally, making it about you. So then if you were to ask yourself the question, what else could it mean? It could mean that the sunlight was in their eyes, that they were too hot sitting there. It could mean that they knew someone on the other side of the table. It could mean that they were asked to move for another reason. It could mean something else entirely that has nothing to do with you. Okay. Sometimes it helps to ask, what might someone else make this mean, right? And maybe you could ask, what might I 
the host of this podcast, Zena, make it mean? Or what might, you know, one of your other friends or colleagues or perhaps your, I don't know, someone you admire, Oprah, whoever, what might someone else entirely make this mean? That can sometimes help you to get out of your own head and into the mind of somebody else who might think differently in that scenario. Okay, so what am I making this mean? What else could it mean? That just helps to release some of the attachment to the rejection, to the criticism, and to the emotions that you could be experiencing as a result. Okay, number two on what to keep in mind when actively looking to make new friends is dopamine. So this is one I work with often is if I am going to go to a social event that requires a lot of social skills from me. So say, for example, if it was like a daytime networking event or I not that long ago, I went to a, a morning. I think it went for like from like about 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. And it was a morning LinkedIn networking event. And I didn't realize it was going to be as big as it was. It was ended up being about 50 people. I had a guest speaker. There were tons of people in the room all walking around networking and shaking hands and with name badges on. And that took a lot out of me. But what I did ahead of time was I actively worked on increasing my dopamine ahead of time so that I didn't say, oh, I've got something else to do, or I just won't go, or I'll go next time. So the reason I say that is if you're likely to avoid it or change your mind or, or quit last minute, if you increase your dopamine before the event, then you will have more motivation to go. You will also have better feelings of uh, mood and sort of overall satisfaction that therefore support you going along. Okay, so increasing your dopamine can often be very supportive of you following through. I also do this very deliberately if I have an evening event. I am not a huge fan of going out in the evenings. So if I have anything on in the evening that I specifically do want to attend, I will be very deliberate in increasing my dopamine that afternoon to make sure that I still follow through on going to the event. Okay. Another one here is mindset perspective. First of all, what are your thoughts about making friends? Because if for you are saying, oh, making friends is so hard, I don't even know where to start. That kind of energy is not really conducive to making friends. And I discovered this when I did my friend experiment because my thoughts about making friends was it's so hard. And our ADHD brains don't particularly like doing hard things unless, you know, there's an immediate reward or an immediate pleasure or, you know, something you know, highly intrinsic to attached to it. So therefore, we're going to avoid it or put it off or say that we'll do it later. So if your thoughts about making friends are really negative or producing feelings that aren't supportive of making friends, you know, pressure or, you know, um, disappointment, etc., then that is something to explore because it's unlikely you're going to take action from that place. Okay, so just real quick, what we think determines how we feel, how we feel determines the actions we take or don't take. Okay, I'm not going to go too deep into that. From a mindset perspective as well, is it a want or a should? Do you want to make friends or do you think that you should make friends or that you should be a better friend? And it may be in both columns. 
if that's the case, what's the stronger percentage? Is it 60% should, 40% want? Because then the should is overriding and our ADHD brains hate shoulds. We rebel against them. <laughs> Don't tell me what I should do is very much how our brains feel about that. So be mindful of that. Is this something you genuinely want to do or is it a should? If it is a mixture of both, you can focus on making it more of a want by making it more of an intrinsic desire. Why do you want it? What would it mean for you? What would it give you? What will it create or change in your life? How will you feel about yourself if you have more friends? Okay, all the mindset stuff. One quick story I wanted to share here with you is today I went to meet with my uh, business mentoring group. We meet once a month, a, a group of local women. And the lady who facilitates this went around the table and said, this month after last month working on business and you all did so well, she said, I think we should bring relationships and health to the forefront whilst maintaining business goals. Let's also work on our relationships and our health. And we kind of went around the, the table to make sure everyone was on board with that. And everyone else was really on board with that. And when she got to me, I said, you know what? I'm really happy to make health a priority. And my romantic relationship and my family relationships are going really well. I said, to be fair, my friendships, I think, could use some work. But right now, I don't really want to be putting my effort and energy there. I actually really want to focus on specific areas of my health that I want to prioritize. And I share that with you because although I felt like I should be spending more time with my friends and I should be making more of an effort, I was really quick to identify it was a should. I also want to because I love my friends, but it is heavily weighted in should. So the scales are tipped more towards the should and less towards the want, whereas my brain got around making these specific health things more of a priority just for this next month. I wanted to do that. It was very little should, more want. Okay, so be mindful of that because our brain is really going to get on board with the things that are strong pulls and desires because we want to do them. And our brain is really going to resist and back away from things that feel like shoulds. Okay, now, number four things to keep in mind when actively working to make new friends is stop holding yourself to a neurotypical standard. Stop it. <laughs> Accept yourself as you are. My friend, you have ADHD. That means we're a little different. We operate to using a different manual in the world. Okay, that's okay. It's great, actually. I love ADHDers. <laughs> I think we're awesome. But what that means is when you can accept yourself and the fact that you are different and you will be a different friend, then your current and your new friends will also accept you. Okay, you've got to accept yourself first and then model it so that everyone else will follow suit. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a minute. So let's dive in to ways that we can make friends. So I thought about this and as I said I did research for this and I really struggled to find much in the way of scientific research as it relates to ADHD specifically. So what I'm sharing is based on my own experience, the friend experiment that I ran, the work I have done over the last eight years as a mindset coach working with women and also the conversations with friends and colleagues who have ADHD 
and have had their own unique challenges when it comes to making friends and keeping friends, maintaining friendships. So here are a list of things that work that I highly recommend you try and play with. That's my favorite word when it comes to making friends. All right. Number one, tell people you want to make friends. Ask relatives, ask current friends and colleagues that you work with to help you meet new people. Okay. This is a little different when, you know, than dating, but a very similar principle applies just extending beyond your current networks and a little bit outside of your comfort zone. Okay. This is actually something that one of the experts, Ned Hallowell, uh, from ADHD 2.0, he recommends doing that. And I highly recommend that too. It is one of the ways that I, uh, actively made new friends whilst running my friend experiment was by tapping into my current networks of people and therefore meeting people through them. And often they're really supportive and encouraging and keen to help us make new friends. Okay. So number one is tell people you want to make friends. You don't necessarily have to go very public like I did and announce it on social media. <laughs> but if you want to, you can also do that. I was blown away by the response and the amount of people that I met up with uh, and, you know, had coffees with, did activities with, went on beach walks with, etc., and got to know. So it was, yeah, I highly recommend that. Number two, let go of the neurotypical standards and ideas of what friendship should look like. Release the idea that friendship should look and act and be a certain way. And it's not just the neurotypical standard. I think it's very much a societal standard of what it should look like. Now, one of the things I recommend doing is to actively seek out people who have ADHD to spend some time with, to get to know and to potentially make friends with. I know where I live in New Zealand, we have an, a nationwide ADHD Facebook group run by an organization and there's like maybe 15,000 people in there, I, I estimate. But also we have a local Facebook group for people in my local area who have ADHD and I've seen people in there and I've even responded to people wanting to make friends and asking if other people struggle with making friends. And everyone in there is saying, yeah, yeah, we do. It's really common. I see it in these support groups all the time. So if you have one of those ADHD support groups, I recommend you join. You could definitely share in there or search, use the search function to see if other people have shared and then you can contact them to meet up. But also if you don't, you can start your own group. It's super easy. Literally a couple of clicks on Facebook and you can start a group and start inviting people to it. And that's a great way to meet other people with ADHD and go on to make friends. As I said before, some of my closest friends actually do have ADHD. All right. Now we are much more likely to follow through and do things that we enjoy. So when it comes to meeting new people, making new friends, choose things that you enjoy or you think you will enjoy, whether that be a specific event or a sport, maybe like a yoga class or a dance class or 
you know, it could be a, a, a paint and wine night. They've had some of those here or like a pottery thing. If you go to something that you think you're going to enjoy, first of all, there's going to be like a dopamine element to that. So you're much more likely to turn up and have a good time. And it also removes the pressure of going just to make new friends and meet new people. Okay. All right. Next one on the list is make friends with people who are self-assured and secure. This is something I have done without realizing I had done it. And it does make a lot of difference. I also uh, am in a romantic relationship with somebody who is very self-assured, very secure and, you know, very independent. And that's very much who I am. I was 10 years single prior to 10 or more years single prior to being in this relationship with him. But I had during that time become a very self-assured, secure, independent person. So what that means is that we don't need each other to fill a specific role or act a certain way or, you know, um, build up our insecurities. Now, I'm not saying that those things are bad because I'll tell you what, like there's definitely a week, sometimes two weeks of the month where I'm feeling pretty insecure. It's definitely a hormonal element. And I love it when he tells me I look pretty or I look great or he loves me and all of that. Like I'm not saying that it's bad to to want that. But what I do want to be clear on is that when we make friends with people who are, you know, secure within themselves, they don't need us to necessarily fill a gap or a role for them. So if they're secure, then they don't need us to tell them they're amazing and, you know, such a good friend and all of these different things. Whereas sometimes, and I've experienced this and and probably been this person too, when we are not that secure, we need people to be reassuring us and telling us those things all the time. Okay. Now that leads hugely into this one here, which I think is one of the most important things we can do when it comes to making friends is do the work of self-acceptance on ourself. When you can understand your ADHD and be accepting of it, be accepting of the ways in which we are different. When you can accept yourself fully and have your own back, then you are going to, uh, what's the word I want? You are going to then have, have their back as well, right? You're going to not need to change yourself to fit in to the friendship group, but rather you're going to be yourself and know that just who you are brings value to your friends. And it makes you a better friend. When you back yourself, you're much more likely to go and back and support those other people. We can't expect others to accept us if we don't accept ourselves. This is like, I feel like a whole entire podcast episode in itself, talking about the work of accepting and understanding ourselves and our ADHD. Because I know there can be so much shame and stigma kind of wrapped up in that. And we do have a podcast episode on shame. But accepting yourself, the ways in which you are different and that you are going to be a different friend for some people. You are going to show up differently than they expect in certain situations as a friend. When you can accept that of yourself and not make it a problem, but make it rather the flavor and the variety that you bring to a friendship, 
then other people are going to accept that and enjoy it about you as well. Okay, so that's huge. Do the work of self-acceptance. Okay. Uh, next one here is explain your ADHD to your current friends. And this currently, this kind of links in from what I was just saying is like, tell your friends, hey, I've got ADHD and I just really would love to spend some time and share with you what that means in terms of friendship and how I may not show up in some of the ways that you would like. Maybe I will be late at times and actually I'm, I'm not doing that to upset you, but it's just part of my brain. My brain doesn't perceive time in the same way in which yours does or most people's do. Therefore, plan on me being late. Expect me to be late. If I was 10 minutes late today, just build in a buffer that I'm going to be 10 or 15 minutes late every time. And that doesn't mean anything about you, about me or about our friendship. So when you can let them know how you work and how, you know, it, it's not personal, it doesn't mean you don't care. You can also say, hey, like, I love you, I love us, I love our friendship and I would love to spend more time with you. Now, I don't always reach out and I want to acknowledge that, but it's not because I don't care. It's simply because for me and my brain, it's very out of sight, out of mind. But if you can contact me, I do want to spend time with you. So please know that I love it when you reach out and I always want to spend time with you. And you can talk about whether or not it feels like a 50-50 relationship, whether or not it needs to be. Some of the ways that they may pick up some of the things that you drop and you may drop pick up some of the things that they drop in the friendship. Back to the Brene Brown example I gave you before. Okay, explain the ways in which you're different to your friends and ask for their support in some of those areas as well. The next one I've got here, and this is one that I do, is set reminders to reach out or arrange catch-ups with your friends using a system that works for you. So I use iCal on my phone and my Mac uh, laptop, and that works really well for me. So I have like little reminders in there every now and again to reach out to certain people to arrange, you know, birthday gifts or remind me about them. And then I also have a wall planner as like a backup. So I use all of those things to remind me and sometimes the system fails. That's okay. I go back to the point I just went through where I've already explained to my friends that I have ADHD and sometimes this is what that can look like. Okay. But if you have a scheduling system that works, a system that works for you now, use that to prompt yourself to reach out to your friends or your family or the people that you want to stay in touch with so that you can make sure it happens. Um, to speak to my friend Spearmint, one of the things that I learned is you've got to be willing to go on lots of dates that aren't the one, <laughs> whether that be romantic dates or friendship dates. In this instance, I was wanting to make friends. I went on a lot of, air quotes, first friendship dates <laughs> where I just had one coffee or one walk or one hangout or one lunch with that person. And there wasn't necessarily a follow up because there wasn't a friendship spark or a connection that I wanted to pursue. That's okay. Don't make that mean that you can't do this, you don't have what it takes, it's too hard, any of that. It's actually just part of the process. I had to go through a lot of that before I met one really good close friend who you guys will no doubt hear from on this podcast. Shout out to Charlie in the in the coming weeks or months. But it did take me some of those, you know, those other it not working out ones 
to get there. But then those people, of course, become acquaintances. And sometimes they are people that you want to hang out with again. But for me, there was a lot of the, yeah, I'm probably not going to see that person again. It wasn't that exciting. And the funny thing was that I did find out later that she also has ADHD. This person I became a really close friend with. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) All right, next up on the list, say yes. When someone asks you to something, invites you along, and often it could be easy to say no because you'd have to rearrange things or what have you, just say yes. Especially if you are like me and you would rather stay home and watch Netflix on the couch and snuggle up with your cats. Say yes to those opportunities because they are the ones that create the possibilities of making new friends, of meeting new people, they are full of opportunities. So say yes. Okay. Last couple, reinforce the positive experiences that you have whilst meeting new people and making new friends. Okay. This is one of the things I worked on a lot when I was running my friend experiment was creating a new association, a positive association to making friends. Because as I said, I used to think making friends was really hard. My brain just wanted to avoid that. But when I went through this process and I met lots of cool people with super interesting stories and we did some fun things together, I really enjoyed that. And I was able to create a new association to making friends. It can actually be pretty simple. It actually can be pretty easy. There's actually a lot of people out there who want to make friends. So reinforce the positive experiences. Okay. And keep it simple. Keep it fun. Keep it easy keep it interesting all of those things are working with our ADHD interest-based nervous system remember we've got a whole episode on that okay our brain our ADHD brains love simple easy fun interesting so when it comes to making friends add all of those elements in or mix some of those elements in to get your ADHD nervous system on board all right now If this one thing, if making friends and and maintaining friendships or relationships is particularly challenging for you, then I do encourage you to speak to a therapist or a counselor or a coach, specifically someone who does, you know, specialize in ADHD or has worked with a lot of people who have ADHD, preferably if they have ADHD themselves, I would highly recommend that. And I have, I'm going to plug myself, (laughs) here we go, I have worked with many clients on making friends and creating happier relationships. So if you would like to explore working with me one-on-one, then you can visit my website where you can learn more about coaching, okay, the mindset coaching that I do and schedule a free call. Just head over to xenajones.com slash coaching and you can learn all about that. All right, my friends, this has been a long and fun episode all about ADHD and friendships. Huge love to you all. Don't forget to give the podcast a five-star review if you are loving it. I would greatly appreciate that. Thank you, my friends. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, friend. I know exactly what it's like to feel frustrated and confused with your ADHD and to wish that you could better understand what the hell is going on in your brain. And that's exactly why I created my coaching program, Thriving with ADHD. Inside Thriving with ADHD, you learn a step-by-step process to set and finally achieve your goals, to understand yourself and your ADHD, 
It's where you learn to feel better and manage your emotions and create systems and processes that work for you with your ADHD brain. This is designed for you to learn how to thrive with ADHD so you can create the life that you were meant to live. Visit xenajones.com ADHD to learn more and book a consultation.